We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, December 7th. Waylon here with the great James Anderson. Uh, we got an action-packed show coming up here. Uh, so many things to get to, including James's what's sure to be glowing review uh, of a Jay-Z concert, which you recently attended earlier this week. Uh, but I'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, today is Al Thornton's birthday. Do you remember Al Thornton? Were you a bit, were you very high on Al Thornton coming out of Florida State, as many were? I remember him. I was not very high on him. Really? Uh, what was there to be high on? I, he was, did, I mean, he was like a crazy athlete, right? Right. But I mean, he was... That was about it. Yeah, he was retrospect, especially. Uh, cousin of Marcus Thornton. I, I think a lot of people do forget that. Yeah. It's a blue blood family. The 14th overall pick in the 2007 NBA draft. uh, One spot behind Julian Wright and one spot ahead of Rodney Stuckey. So probably about right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other notables from the 07 draft. AC Law. Sean Williams, (laughs) Boston College. Javaris Crittenton. uh, Free Javaris. (laughs) Daquan Cook. I loved. I was very high on Daquan Cook. I of was course, a big who Cook wasn't? Guy. Yeah. Um, so is that known as the AC Law draft? 
No, it's not. It's known. It's the Alondo Tucker draft. Okay. He went. He went twenty ninth <laughs> to Phoenix. Uh, also, the Morris Almond draft. Former Rice standout Morris Almond, and uh, it, it was also the Nick Fizikas draft. It was the Big Baby Davis draft. The Sun Yu draft. It's like a who's who. Well. Of- you start getting into some serious <laughs> names. Uh, <laughs> James on Curry. You remember from OK I State, James on Curry, yeah. right? And not Jameson, James on. The he o was, was capitalized. I wasn't high on him uh, for NBA purposes, mm-hmm. but I loved him in college. Right, he had cool hair, headband. Uh, he was everything that I was looking for at the time <laughs> in a in a college basketball player. I was a huge fan of his. Um, but enough about the 07 draft. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the 2018 draft later on. Um, but we should start with what's probably the biggest news, I guess, in the NBA right now uh, and that is that Quinn Cook is starting at point guard for the Golden State Warriors why you ask because Stephen Curry is going to miss sounds like two to three weeks perhaps a bit more depending on on how the recovery goes with that right ankle uh, but the Warriors were just fine last night playing in Curry's home state of North Carolina blew the doors off the Charlotte Hornets it was a 14 point victory it was really never all that close triple double for Kevin Durant Quinn Cook eight points uh, in 22 minutes. I'm kind of expecting the Warriors to, I mean, I, I wouldn't even slow down, I guess, by their standards over these next couple of weeks. Like, I think there'll be a couple hiccups, you know, playing without Steph Curry, um, you know, something that they really haven't had to do in this era, um, you know, with Kevin Durant as a part of the team. But um, I think Durant showed last night, even, you know, with Draymond Green out as well, uh, that this this machine is still a very, very good team, even without, you know, two of the top 15 players in the NBA. Yeah, their schedule ahead of the matchup against the Cavs on Christmas Day is, I mean, they're, they're going to be favored by at least six or seven in all these games. They get the Pistons, Blazers, the Blazers at home. That's probably their toughest game before Cleveland. Yeah, well, you get the Lakers twice. They get the Lakers twice. Memphis, they get the Grizzlies. A, Memphis the hasn't won in like four years. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, it, they, they might run the table up until that Christmas mm-hmm. Day showdown. Uh, I think I think Steph Curry is probably more important to them than Kevin Durant, just in terms of the yeah. the offensive flow. Like the on off numbers definitely support that, but they're still so loaded in terms of star power, mm-hmm. even without him. That I think they'll they'll be able to cruise without without him in the lineup. It is becoming almost a little Spursian for them uh, with guys, you know, like they can they can throw in Quinn Cook and he seems to be just fine. And even the way that they've drafted in recent years, you know, it seems like they've hit on everybody. You know, like, is Kevon Looney, and he hasn't even been all that good for them, but is Kevon Looney playing 10 minutes a night for, like, any other team in the league right now? Is he even in the league if he's out on the Warriors? Like, I don't know that he is. JaVale McGee was out of the league, essentially, until Golden State, you know, threw him a a life vest or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jordan Bell, it seemed like from day one, was a perfect fit for them. Patrick McCall, perfect fit. Ian Clark, really good fit ended up finding a home elsewhere you know like they're they've just established it seems like this system where you can plug in Quinn Cook he's not going to be Stephen Curry but he can at least run run things in the way that Steph Curry would run things not as well of course but he's not going to get in the way of what they're trying to do uh and that's I mean that's maybe the biggest strength that you can say about any team and I think that's what we've seen from San Antonio for the last two decades yeah I think the fear is that this maybe forces some of their their other stars to try to do too much or, or maybe overexert themselves, maybe play through something they wouldn't normally play God, through. God forbid Clay Thompson has to play 36 minutes in a game. <laughs> I love Clay. Me uh, too. But, yeah, I think that they 
I mean, Durant is still top two player in the league. Like, I mean, he's top three. It's either him or Curry for who's two. And I, I personally, I, th- I, I think they're I both think a better. certain guard in Houston would have something to say about that. I just don't. I don't. I want to see that. I want to see him like actually. I want to see his style actually translate into postseason wins. Before, I mean, Durant and Curry have kind of proven over the past. What have they ever done? (laughs) Um, I mean, MVP in regular season is fine. I mean, Russell Westbrook won that last year, and where he's not even close to this conversation. So, uh, (laughs) is that is the the studio going to burn down? (laughs) These (laughs) these fire takes. Not even close to like being a top three player in the league. I I mean, I I agree. He's he's not a top three player, but I think a lot of people would fight you on that. That he you do? I think so. I think I think a lot of you know, fans of the NBA would fight you on that. Fans right? of Russell Westbrook. Fans would of fight Russell Westbrook. <laughs> sure. I think Russell Westbrook's family would, would argue that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're. I think they're kind of locked into the two seed. Honestly, the the, the Warriors. Like I, I you, think, don't, you you mean like no lower, or they they're not going to get the one. I I would bet money on the Rockets getting the one at this point, just based on the way that uh, Chris Paul has played since coming back. Uh, they just they're in such a groove right now for regular season success uh with with Harden able to kind of dial back his effort in certain areas and and he's he's improved as a shooter in other areas this season uh that just the supporting cast they have is just so perfect for what they want to do in the regular season and i think the warriors we like we've talked about on the the podcast before they just have zero incentive to do anything other than just try to set everything up right. for the postseason why did we not consider parlaying a Jaguars playoff berth with the Warriors not finishing with the best record in the Western Conference? And Canelo winning in the <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and uh and the and the Jaguars finishing with a better record than the Packers. Yeah, lots of lots of parlays left on the table. Billionaires right now. Um elsewhere in the NBA last night, we we won't go game by game or anything like that, but Cleveland's one thirteen straight. Uh you mentioned Golden State. And I agree with you. I think there's a decent chance that they could run the table until the 25th. I mean, that's only seven or eight games, which for them is not much. But is there a chance that Cleveland could go into this? They would have to win eight more and would be at 21 in a row going into Oakland on Christmas Day. So Cleveland goes at Indiana tomorrow. Uh, that's Friday. They host the Sixers on Saturday. Pretty tough back-to-back, you know, four games in I think that's five or six nights for them. Uh, but then after that, you host the Hawks, which should be a win. You host the Lakers, which you think is a win. Host the Jazz, that could kind of go either way. At Washington, uh, a team that might still be without John Wall. At Milwaukee, home against Chicago. I mean, I think you feel pretty to really good about like six of those games. Yeah, I don't think they're going to run the table, though. Uh, they There's just at least three of those games, they're going to only be like four or five point favorites. So I... Mm-hmm. I don't really see them stringing together wins and all those. That's not a controversial statement by any means, but mm-hmm. I, I mean they certainly could, and that would be crazy, and that would make for excellent TV on on Christmas Day if you get the like a Warriors Cavs game where it actually seems like a fair fight. That would be well. There'd be that. It would. I mean, there's a good chance that would be Curry's first game back from the injury, uh, and honestly, maybe it would be more fun if Curry's still hurt. So that would that would actually <laughs> level the playing field a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean the Cavs. I, defensively, they've been better. They've worked their way up, you know, toward like their twenty second or twenty third in defense now, which by their standards is 
you know, remarkable. Uh, offensively, they've still been good. It does still feel to me, though, like it's a little too LeBron dependent. Um, the role players have been, you know, guys like Kyle Korver have been really good. Dwayne Wade, I, that's maybe the biggest surprise for me is that Dwayne Wade has humbly, willingly, and like effectively accepted this really, this like perfect six man role. I did not think that was going to happen, especially after the first couple of weeks of the season, but that's been huge for them. But even last night, like, you, you're only beating the Kings who are, in my opinion, one of the three worst teams in the league. You're only beating them by six at home. And it basically took a LeBron dagger step back three in the final 30 seconds to really seal that game. And that's worrisome in a lot of ways. Yeah, but when has this team not been LeBron dependent? Like they, I just think the gap between LeBron and the next best guy is bigger than it's ever been for him, at least since his first Cleveland stint. If that does that make yes, sense? Yes, because it's the gap between him and Love, basically. Right, and Love's been and good, and he, we should probably start talking about him as an All Star. Like these last couple weeks, he's been really awesome. There's there's a lot of guys deserving of All Star appearances in the East. There's going to be sure it's going to be like the first year that I can remember where there's going to be legit snubs in the the East. Yeah, and that's usually it's usually <laughs> first time in like 15 years <laughs> that someone's been for, snubbed. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's I mean. Do we do we need to talk about Jakar Sampson or do we? <laughs> I I could not believe that he was in the NBA one, <laughs> starting an NBA game too. I mean, the Kings are going so far out of their way to, to not play Scalabissier. Here's the thing: is you you could still tank and play Scalabissier. It's not he's not that good. No, he's he's not a he's, he's not, not even, even good he's right not now. Even generally, like, good, he's, yeah. he's somebody that can be good, but. Don't you want to develop him? He like, didn't even play last night. On this path, I think he to, might be in the G League. This path to tanking, like, right? I feel like there's all kinds of young players they can be playing huge minutes, right. and still be terrible. So Willie Cauley Stein is was out yesterday. He's out another game after this, and their response to that is to send Scalavissier to the G League. It's very bizarre. It's like, well, it, not, we need to bring up Jakar Sampson. <laughs> Let's give him 33 minutes. He's apparently boys with LeBron, by the way. Which was odd. Sure. Uh, LeBron, I, I think he might, Jakar might be from Ohio. Is LeBron had some, oh, he is. He's from Cleveland. So I think he, there must be some connection there. Is LeBron, R- rivalry game. Is LeBron from Ohio? <laughs> I want to say Akron. Has he made that clear before? <laughs> uh, okay, that's enough Cavs, though. Aaron Gordon, you specifically, at times it's uh, it can be like pulling teeth trying to come up with topics um, for this podcast. But you willingly put forth Aaron Gordon, and I I'm, willingly came up with a topic. You will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. I don't want to jeopardize anything here. I just want to give you the floor uh, and take this in any direction that you want to take it. Well, so even since, like, I checked a week ago, his three point shootings dropped from like forty two percent to just over forty percent, which that I think we can expect that to continue to drop. Maybe like, where do you think that settles by the end of the year? Like 36, 37 percent, something like that. <sighs> Aaron Gordon has never shot better than twenty nine percent from three coming into the year, but he's already banked a lot of makes. That's true, and yeah, people do forget that he was shooting fifty percent for the first like fifteen games. I th- yeah, I think somewhere anywhere between thirty three and thirty seven. Sure, seems realistic. And then you know, I mean, for a guy that's, ta- I mean, he's taken almost six threes a game. And the field goal percentage is is right around five, fifty uh, percent. So that's mm-hmm. that's impressive for a guy that's shooting that much, and for a guy a who pull up threes too. The just I mean, high difficulty threes. Like he's yeah. these aren't just like super easy stretch four 
wide open threes. Right. Like a lot of these are like off the dribble, like kind of step back right. over over a hand in his face. Um, the free throw shooting is is better than it's ever been for him. So just really improving efficiency across mm-hmm. the board. Uh, that's actually a good sign, I think, the free throw shooting. Yeah, because I think that's one thing where that could be fluky is. Like Josh Jackson, mm-hmm. we talked about last week, like first 10, 15 games, he was shooting 40% from three, but he was shooting 50% from the free throw line. There's all, there's all, an oftentimes a correlation there. Like very good, consistently good three-point shooters are almost always really good free throw shooters too. And we see that with Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons is the same way. Like they're, It's very rare for a player to just be a lights-out three-point shooter and then shoot 50% at the line. Right, and he he's always been a good uh team defender like he he can guard multiple positions uh that's still been the case this year his rebound rate is up quite a bit i believe uh and that that's you know he kind of came into the league with people sort of projecting a guy that could be a a double double machine um so that's it's good to see that he's kind of trending in that direction uh you know up to eight over eight rebounds a game this year after topping out at six and a half per game in his second season so I mean, I think he's like I texted you. Like, is is Aaron Gordon going to be an All Star in the East? I think he probably gets left out just because the Magic have kind of uh, collapsed as a team. And like we said, like I mean, he's not going to get in over a guy like Kevin Love. Uh, so I think I think he's going to miss out. But I think he's easily the favorite to win Most Improved Player this year, right? That's what I was going to ask you. I I think so. Yeah. Um, so who, like just off the top of your head, who would be the other candidates? I think some people would make the case for Kyrie, but the, you know, the jump isn't big enough. He's already too good. Uh, I think that would be Andre would be Drummond, Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Drummond uh, feels like he, he's been so up and down that I don't. Yeah. It's, I, I think he's the most surprising player. Like that, him, him being yeah. this good. This season, there should be more awards. I'm surprised. I'm honestly yeah. still baffled, and I'm expecting it to kind of <laughs> slow down. Uh, <laughs> Most but, baffling player. But, but uh, I mean, the, the Aaron Gordon thing's not surprising at all. Like mm. I, I called before the season; he was going to be most improved. Like you could kind of see this coming now that he finally was going into a year where he yeah. would be allowed to play his natural position and be, you know, I mean, he was he's so, still young. He's incredibly young. Uh, I think he was one of the youngest players from his class in that draft. So, uh, it's, it's not surprising that it took him till his age 22 season to finally kind of start putting this together. Yeah. Also pretty cool that, you know, he hit what almost 50 home runs for the Yankees this past <laughs> season. How many did, I mean, <laughs> how many did quote unquote Aaron judge hit? Um, yeah, I think it was around 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and he's a, he's a restricted free agent after the season. So it was definitely timing this perfectly. Uh, so, I mean, the Magic are going to basically have to give him a max deal, right? So he didn't sign an extension. He's uh, pretty much in the same situation as Jabari Parker, where they didn't want to commit to the extension or at least the money that Gordon wanted. He probably wisely yeah. insisted on either, if not a max deal, then like right. the sort of Stephen Adams, Giannis, mm-hmm. just barely under the max yeah. type of deal. And they were just like, well... We're not really getting a discount, so why don't, why don't we just make you go out and prove it? Exactly. And as we've detailed, I think it was probably a couple of months ago, it gets pretty rare for players to decline that and, and for teams. especially you know, Obviously, there are exceptions like a Mario Hazonia type of thing. You know, you're not going to sign that guy to an exception. But players who play 
who are drafted in the top 10 and play pretty well, usually it's just a given that you sign that contract. You know, I mean, you, how it's so rare to see any top tier young player switch teams in his first, you know, four years in free agency. Uh, but, and I think what we're going to see with Gordon is he's, he's going to be restricted. Someone will throw him the max. It might just be the magic, you know, like they might just give him a max this summer. Uh, otherwise some team will do it. And then Orlando will really have no choice but to match. And I think they'll probably be pretty happy about it as long as he continues mm-hmm. playing at least close to this level. Yeah. It's the, the magic are going to be fine. Like I, some t- a lot of teams would love to max Aaron Gordon out, I think. And it's just like, who is going to want to go to the hassle of actually putting pen to right. paper and like making making the offer um you know i i he's in the same camp as Jabari parker he's in the same camp as andrew wiggins and i think both are going to get max deals but i think i'd feel better about giving gordon the max deal over wiggins just based on uh kind of his all-around game his ability to be a an asset on the glass, an asset on defense, uh, just kind of the trajectory he's on as a player. I mean, Wiggins every year uh, has gotten slightly better as a scorer, but he hasn't gotten – it's not like we're seeing, like, or you can totally tell, like, he put a ton of time in in the offseason to, like, get better at this or get better at that. Like, he's just kind of sort of plateauing right now as just this pretty – pretty dominant one-on-one scorer who doesn't really make his teammates better and doesn't help on mm-hmm. on defense. So I think they're both going to get maxed out, but I'd feel better about giving Gordon that money. Well, Wiggins has already signed his right back in October. Okay. So he's he got the four for roughly $147 million. Gordon will get something similar. Uh, but the thing with Wiggins that concerns me is, you know, he has gotten better as a one-on-one scorer, but his hair has gotten worse and worse <laughs> each season. Wait, you didn't I – thought, I thought we were uh, – a fan of what he did this offseason well it depends you know I mean he, he had a couple of different looks uh the Travis Scott look I thought was something that he maybe should have kept a little longer uh he basically just needs to pick one is what it comes down to I like the like the thick old school rose yeah like I think that's, that's yeah like his, the, just kind of the Iverson rose yeah that should be his go-to no, yeah his go-to look sure uh, so real quickly, other player the or uh, other most improved player candidates. I think Oladipo will be mentioned. Porzingis, Sabonis, Sabonis. I uh, I would hate it if Porzingis got the award because it's just what what else was he going to do? I would be an emotional wreck if they <laughs> give it to Kristaps. Like, how did anyone expect him to not be good? Right. It would kind of <laughs> be like it, it was. Giannis got it last year, right? It would be like that. Yeah. You know where it's like, yeah, of course. He, it feels like it feels like it's it should be someone who isn't like a lock all star already, but yeah. at the same time, you know, you do want to reward that that growth. Is there anybody in the West? Um, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, Eric Gordon's played really well, but I think we've established that it's probably too late for him to win it. Yeah, I mean, after the first like. 10 days of the season it seemed like DeJounte Murray might have been on that yeah, and now he's barely in the rotation um I mean who yeah I don't know it's <laughs> give it to Dwayne Wade after how bad he was last year <laughs> um yeah I mean Carmelo Anthony I yeah sure I mean well Melo's yet to uh yet to kind of make his move into Wade territory I don't think that's happening right like that's, years. that's what I was going to say about the Wade thing is like he's He's certainly up there in terms of like recent NBA players who are kind of delusional about like 
about how good they still are. Uh, but he's not even close to like Carmelo Anthony territory. As recently as this summer, Dwayne Wade was clapping back at random people on Twitter with his points per game stats. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I I think we're a good couple years away from Carmelo Anthony accepting it, any kind of a six man. It might and it might be something where he doesn't accept it. It's just handed to him, and it's like you can either you're like we're either cutting you or you can play off the bench. You could sign this contract. But you will be coming off the bench, and he right. just like refuses to sign until like mm-hmm. a week before the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, it could be a Josh Smith situation sooner <laughs> than later with Melo. Okay, let's take a quick break so I can tell the listeners about a couple of our sponsors, the first of which is FanDuel. It's fantasy basketball for everyday fans with new contests starting every single day. That means no busted seasons. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of contests to choose from starting as low as just $1 per entry. Just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score rack up in real time. Over 2.5 million people have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up today at fanduel.com rw. That will get you a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, just fanduel.com rw. Void where prohibited. We are also brought to you by SportsYard. What's new in daily fantasy sports? SportsYard is the latest daily fantasy soccer entertainment platform offering fun, fast, and fair contests. SportsYard brings an enhanced platform with the fastest real-time participant point total updates, high-quality user-friendly applications, fun and engaging graphics, and it offers a level playing field that will allow beginners the same opportunity to win as the experts. All you have to do is create your dream team roster. There's no salary cap. You track your point standings in real time and feel like you're walking the sideline. It's easy to play, and it's even easier to win with Sports Yards, lightning-fast interface, and clear and current ranking system. Sports Yards has signed a deal with Opta. It's the number one data provider for live scores, and the company plans to grow outside the U.S. It's going to be expanding to the U.K., to Spain to Australia and Ireland soon. So go to www.sportsyard.com to sign up and play for free. Uh, Mo Bamba. Uh, I, I wish we could convey a photo through, through a podcast medium, but the still image, and if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you've probably seen this photo from Tuesday night's game. Uh, against VCU, uh, Mo Bamba. The dunk itself was pretty impressive, but the photos and the still shots of the dunk, I think, were arguably more impressive. I mean, we we knew he's gonna he's gonna set the combine record for wingspan. You know, he's a legit seven feet. He's a really good athlete, but uh, the the dunk that he had in in the lane in traffic against VCU, I think, kind of put him on the national map. Now, uh, you know, everybody had heard about Bagley. Most people had heard about Aiden. And I think Bamba has now kind of vaulted himself into that into that national conversation, and we're going to be hearing a lot more about him, you know, as we move into the Big Twelve season. Yeah, I I think he's a fascinating case for like how high can your draft floor be just based on the measurables, like the the stuff you're going to test on at the combine. Uh, I mean, like how bad could your numbers be on the court? with those measurables and you still be like the number five pick. I'm not saying like he's going to have bad numbers at the end of the year, but it just, it seems like his, the major selling point for whatever team drafts him is just going to be that he is just a, 
a complete freak right. physically, and it's going to be kind of more of a bet on the skills eventually developing. Yeah, and I mean, I, oh, go ahead. I just don't. I don't see him really falling any lower than like six in the draft. It, like he could be terrible. Is right. basically what I'm saying, and I think that just the incredible. Uh, length and size that he presents is is going to be enough to yeah. to get him going in there. Well, I mean, like I was saying to you when we were getting murdered in uh, bar trivia last night, was nobody else has really below this kind of big five, big six guys. Like no one else has really made a strong case yet. And granted, the college season is still young, but like you said, even if Bamba just plays okay the rest of the season, like what team in their right mind would take Miles Bridges over Bamba? You know, right. I I don't see any way that like Bridges or Robert Williams go ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I mean, what? Why? Uh, I mean, could you see a guy like Jaron Jackson going over him if he like just had a steady kind of? He would have to really, really turn it on. Improvement. Uh, NBA DraftNet has Jackson at six right now. That's probably a little higher than I would have expected, but it, I mean, it depends. Is it? it, it I think at some point. When you're drafting that high, you don't want to be drafting for position, but when it's so stacked towards big men, I think the two guys, the if the two guys outside of the obvious four who I could see going ahead of Bamba are Jackson and Sexton. Yeah, and I would just be absolutely shocked if anyone else went ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think as long as he just kind of treads water and like everything else sort of stays where it is it's going to be fascinating to debate bomba versus michael porter yeah because you just you know with porter i think you sort of know what you're getting with bomba it's the the range of outcomes is just Mm -hmm. gigantic yeah i mean texas isn't playing through bomba whatsoever uh you watch duke you know and that's a really Mm -hmm. duke's the most talented team in the country uh, and they're they're still making an effort you know you have these other five-star guys are willingly deferring to marvin bagley Mm-hmm. every time up the court you watch texas and granted you know the first full texas game i watched was against vcu and vcu the way they play it does force you into a lot of guard dominated transition because they're pressing you like crazy but they, they were not dumping it into mo bamba they were not making an effort to get mo bamba involved i mean he's only i think he's taken double digit shots in only one game so far this season uh he's basically just making a living on like offensive rebounds putbacks dunks which is fine, and that's still that's still equating to eleven points, ten rebounds, and four blocks a game. Who are some recent uh, college prospects that kind of remind you of that, and just that they like I, he sort of reminds me a little bit of like DeAndre Drummond as or uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan as a freshman, Andre Drummond as a mm-hmm. freshman. Um, you know, a little bit like Jonathan Isaac last year, although he kind of came on once a conference play got going. Um, yeah, I mean, DeAndre is not a bad one, but he was never viewed. I mean, DeAndre got drafted in the second round, right? You know, it's not like he, he was, was a huge, huge prospect coming in. He was a huge prospect, I think, coming out of high school, and then he mm-hmm. kind of took a while to regenerate that hype yeah. when he was in college. Um, I mean, honestly it's it's tough because Bamba is so defensive focused and he can shoot it a little bit he's only two of 13 from three on the year but he at least is pretty comfortable and his jump shot looks pretty good for for a guy with arms that long usually that doesn't translate I mean do we want to go all the way back to Greg Oden I don't know about that it's not I mean Greg Oden was obviously one of the best players in the country at Ohio State but it's not like he was averaging like 30 and 15 you know like the numbers weren't that good you would still 
try to get him the ball in the post. True, whenever, that's true. They funneled possible. it. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I mean, what about Embiid? Because we were not talking this time in the college right. season in 2014. We I were not talking about Embiid. Embiid's as like, a really good one. It's just you. You could make that comparison up to this point in the season. Yeah. It's just impossible to envision Bamba going from where Embiid was to where he finished True. in this. I mean, it, what Embiid did as a as a freshman was was really pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, Nerlens Noel, he was in a unique situation. I think skill set wise, they're they're fairly similar. But that that was like the first bad Kentucky team, so mm-hmm. Nerlens ended up having to do more for them than he would have like any other year there. I think honestly, a lot of the guys that that kind of go through this end up being busts uh, where you keep waiting for them to, I mean, they, they didn't, they don't come in with the type of hype that Bamba came in with, but like, they're just kind of all athleticism and, and measurables. And then it just kind of never really shows up uh, like a check Diallo type of guy. Check Diallo. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Bamba has been good though. Right. Like th- he's doing exactly what people expected him to do. I don't, right. I don't think it's been a disappointment by, on, by any stretch. But of like it just kind of just points, points per game. Yeah. That type of thing. Like, He's not gonna. You're not gonna look at his numbers and be like, "Holy crap, that's a no doubt top five pick." Right. That's true. That's true. I mean, it is. But I also don't think he's like this complete sieve right now. Where you're like, "All right, in three years, this guy's gonna be a freak." You know, you're not drafting him on that. Like, there's it's a good mix of, you know, seventy thirty potential versus, you know, production. I mean, it would be impossible to kind of envision him not at least going the Clint Capella route. Oh yeah, like that—that's kind of his floor, realistically. Unless there's yeah. just significant like work ethic issues, right? Exactly. Um, so looking at you know the rest of this t- the first round projected first round, we talked about Sexton last week. Uh, we can't really talk about Michael Porter because we're not gonna see anything from him until probably the spring. Have you gotten a chance to watch Kevin Knox at all? Just a little bit. He, I've been mostly impressed with him i mean he's a guy that from what i've read wasn't like he was always a football guy first until the last like couple years right so he didn't i don't think he was like as intently focused on becoming like a great great possible nba player as early on as a lot of these guys were so when you look at it through that lens you know he's kind of further along maybe uh than he should be considering how long he's been taking basketball seriously but measurables wise he's you know, ideal six nine two twenty. You know, defensively he should be a monster. He he does kind of remind me of Paul George, and I know that's a lazy comp, just given the given the physical skill set. Uh, but he's smooth. He can handle the ball. He can spot up. He can pull up. Uh, and I think I think he'll end up kind of being somebody who could work his way maybe into that five six discussion at by the end of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he went ahead of Bridges and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, somewhere in like the back half of the top ten, mm-hmm. as long as he kind of keeps up on this trajectory, is he is is he a good enough athlete to to yeah. defend? He's a really good athlete. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's you know, he's not Gerald Green, but he uh, NBA my NBA DraftNet for the record gives him a nine out of ten in terms of athleticism. I mean, and that's he's a big time. That's pretty crazy for a guy that's two twenty. Uh, usually, yeah. he's got a six nine two twenty. You don't really think amazing nine foot athlete. standing reach. Yeah, I mean, he was like a big-time quarterback prospect, and then he just got too tall and had to switch to basketball. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't Kentucky's just not as like in, enticing as a team, I guess, this year. Like, the, when, In early December of last year, 
everybody was watching Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, and it just doesn't seem like this team, despite being rated just as highly as recruits, it doesn't have the same appeal. We should have a weekly segment where we uh, pump up a sweet title of a YouTube tape. Okay. I'm like watching this Kevin Knox high school tape, and it's Kevin Knox official mixtape volume one, and then in quotes, young KD. So Young KD? He's young KD. Okay. Sure. <laughs> hard to see you him. Heard it go, here first. Hard, hard to see him even falling out of the top five if he's young KD. <laughs> uh, yeah, YouTube. Uh, are there any other ones on the suggested videos while we're at it? <laughs> Wait. I mean, the Zion Williams ones are are, are always the best. Um, I cannot wait until next year where we can start breaking down Zion Williamson. Okay, okay here's a, a Zion Williamson one is is and then all caps not from this planet exclamation point exclamation yes, point he is. insane all caps he's an insane <laughs> alien <laughs> that's my type of basketball player <laughs> uh okay we'll keep this one short so jay-z concert you went to chicago on tuesday night to see uh the man who made the yankee fit famous is that one of his titles um something like that yeah uh <laughs> So the yeah it was it was a uh, it was a sweet show it was my first time seeing Jay-Z just because it was kind of one of those uh things where I just never really I always sort of expected it to be a letdown to see him in concert just because of how much I like uh his albums like I I didn't want to go to a concert and have it be just kind of like exposed. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, people always talk about like meeting like one of their heroes and having that guy just be kind of a Mm-hmm. Uh, a jerk and then you just kind of leave and your whole thing is tainted so i was i was always a little wary about going to a, a jay-z show uh but it was it was good um he had chance the rapper came out beforehand on unannounced he was sitting front row for yeah. the jay-z show so he got up there and that must and, have been uh, cool for all the eighth graders did the a track crowd. <laughs> yeah the eighth graders all went wild uh, yeah it was i mean he played a ton of hits uh Apparently at all, at a, every Jay Z show, I was talking with a buddy who's seen him a few times. He'll like play you know fifteen uh, hits in a row, and then he'll just yell out, "I got a million of these!" Like and he, and he that's <laughs> he like a that? that's like a line that he drops at every show. Um, uh, so you that, sure do, Jay. That was great. Um, he did a he did a f- sort of a fake out move, which I I thought was a little a little bush league towards the end. He was about to play something off, watch the throne. And he got like 10 seconds in and then had him rewind the track. And he's like, you know, I'm in Chicago. Like, I need everyone on this. Like, and then he had everyone count down uh, from 10 to 1. And everyone like gets their cameras out and everyone like thinks Kanye might be coming out. And then he just did. Chief Cave. <laughs> he just did, uh, did the track. As he was doing it in the first place, so um. <laughs> did people boo him after that? <laughs> no, but it was just—I mean, it was a total like bait and switch. Like he yeah. was setting it up like the exact way you would set it up yeah. if Kanye was going to come out, and then he Can't didn't believe come you out. fell for that. I mean, I—I <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to believe, you know. Uh, that that would have been pretty cool. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, so Vic, <laughs> Do you, you think so? Yeah, that would have been cool. So Vic Mensa is the opener. You yeah. texted me and said, "Who is Vic Mensa?" Yep, accurate. Uh, what did you think? Uh, it was okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, there's, he's, he was good. 
he was not he really did the my rap. not really my style necessarily. Like if you're gonna be kind of a political conscious rapper, like I feel like the bar is sort of high to kind of pull that off and have it still be something that you're gonna listen to again and again, you know. I mean like I think Kendrick Lamar pulls that off right. pretty Two chains, well. I think yeah, as well, right? Sure. Yeah. Two chain, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's I, I thought he was good. I it was it was cool that he got a uh, chance to go up with him. Um I honestly used a lot of his set as a you know, go get another drink sure. and then go back, you know, that type of thing. Absolutely. Um so that was a good set for that those purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh did he play dirt off your shoulder? Because that's that's where Jay Z kind of began for me. So I actually on my Instagram feed I posted a video of like a quick video of him doing dirt off your shoulder just because that was the coolest uh, light sequence. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, that is that is that your favorite track or just it was? I mean, it was the only Jay Z song that I knew at the time. <laughs> uh, so like, I mean, the Blueprint Three is that the one that has like all it, the covers like a pile of instruments mm-hmm. for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Like that's kind of the Jay Z that I know. And, and then sure. I had to kind of go back and listen to, I was introduced to the black album from <laughs> the documentary through the fire. Have you ever seen that? No, it's, it's about Sebastian Telfair. Okay. Great documentary. And there's a lot of Jay Z songs, you know, <laughs> Sebastian Telfair's from Coney Island. So that's where I first heard Lucifer <laughs> and my first song. Sure. And I was like, who is this guy? Who's this guy? Man, this is the same guy. This is the same guy who did run this town. Oh my god! Uh, uh, and that's yeah. So I love I love your bizarro uh, like Genesis stories when it comes to like famous artists. Like <laughs> that you you might be the only person whose first Jay Z album was Blueprint Three and had to go back to Black Album. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Blueprint Three came out. Yeah, that was freshman year of high school for me. So it's like okay. before that, I wasn't really going way out of my way to research. I have a lot of good memory. I, I know everyone hates on his catalog, like after blue or after a black album. I think a lot of like really diehard Jay Z fans think that like the quality of the music really sort of fell off because he retires after black album, then like comes back. And I think a lot of people don't think the stuff's as good. And like I, I generally agree with that, but I also think. Like I thought, Blueprint Three was a pretty good album. I have a lot of fond memories in college listening to that one. Uh, and you know, I don't really like American Gangster or Kingdom Come that much, but I mean, I think that there's good tracks on both of those. So I don't think he really fell off. I just think he sort of stopped living up to his standard that he set with Black Album. Okay, last thing: Midnight Tonight, Big Sean, Metro Boomin collab album. Scale one to ten, how excited? I'm gonna guess like a one. Uh, is it one to ten or zero to ten? Zero to ten. Zero. Zero? Yeah, zero. That low on Big Sean. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.